Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Spinning the Reel. This is your host, Cody, and if you're waiting for a Christmas miracle, it came a little late, but I'm here, baby, and I'm here to make that a reality. What's going on, everybody? What is that sound we hear, Zach? Is that the yeah. sound of Christmas? Yeah. It's, it's, the ghost it's the ghost of Christmas past. It's the ghost of Spinning the Reel past. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go, baby. Cody's do, back, baby. How'd I do? Well, I, great. I, I'm your, uh, I guess host is maybe not the word to use this episode, but not yeah, episode, host, maybe. Evan. Yeah, I'm your host, Zach. Sort of, we're sort of taking a backseat today to, to Cody, the one and only. Although I think we really should, this is a top 10 episode, but I really think we should be interrogating Cody's top 10. Even though he's only seen, uh, what is this, Cody? 36 movies this year. Yeah. I think it's still worth uh, getting into the reason why Bullet Train uh, made his top 10. Easy, easy decision. I wouldn't take that back <laughs> if I saw 50 movies, okay? Cody, pull, definitely pull, Bullet Train Hive. <laughs> yeah, pull up your list real quick, Cody, and, and we'll we'll vamp for a second. Have you seen what? Cody's list, Zach? Let's, yeah. I want, Cody, I want you to guess the one movie on your list that I haven't seen. Oh, oh, I got it. I feel like I know this. You should know it. Wait. I only have 30 movies. I don't have to scroll very much. Yeah, it's just one, it's one of the 36. <laughs> oh, shit, what movie have you not seen? Hold on. It's got to be a Netflix bullshit, you know? He's thinking. Deep He's thinking. Adam Project. You've seen how many of How many of Zach's movies have I seen? Oh, Moonfall, I, dude. Moon, Moonfall. Moonfall, that's right. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, that didn't make it very high on my list, I know. Yeah. You missed out, man. Moonfall was a crazy sci-fi movie. Did the Moonfall? Uh, I don't remember. It was like in January. <laughs> <laughs> it looks uh, so awful. It really looks so bad. You know what? It really did. What if that made my top ten? You guys would be like, "What the fuck?" Okay, at least. At I least mean, it might as well have. You know what? We're gonna get into some crazy shit, just like Brad Pitt and Bullet Train, and this is our top ten episode. Like Evan said, <laughs> all right, guys. Top ten of twenty twenty two. Shit in Bullet Train or Babylon? Oh, no, we're gonna get into. <laughs> I didn't see Babylon yet. Don't ruin that for me, okay? I'm still gonna see some oh, movies before twenty twenty two. Another angry Cody moment. <laughs> Cody, sure. take back control of this episode. Yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like I'm in the first in the first five minutes, dude. He's just gonna be seething. <laughs> we gotta have him angry for this list. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, it is a top 10 episode. We'll go through Evan's top 10. We'll go through Zach's top 10. If it's higher on someone's list, we'll wait off until we get to that person on higher on the list. Uh, I will not really be, well, I'll be able to, to get we involved with opinions. the movies I've seen. On, on some of these. Well, even the ones you haven't seen, you can, you know, ask questions or interrogate I so, a little. I have so many questions. All right. And good. I just don't think. They're movie-related questions, and I don't think you have the answers to them. But that's okay. Ask one of them right now, on I the spot. Have, I don't, you know. It's yeah, just... this is bullshit. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. You got me. You got me. I don't have a question. Uh, Anyways, we, how do you guys want to do this? Well, I already told we're you how to do this. I know. I just told you. All right. We're just going to go We're just gonna go for it right now. We're going right to dive here. right in? We're going to. Ooh, that's good. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. Let's dive right in. Evan, Zach, first off, did you miss me? 
And we missed you so oh, much, Cody. Yeah. No yeah, one can all, replicate your energy. That's all I care about. Uh, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. That is the top 10 episode of 2022. <laughs> Cody is all, all 10 of the top 10. Top 10, top 10 Cody moments. <laughs> Rattle through them all. No, I feel bye to wrap things up. I feel like my Kiwi moment's definitely in that top 10, even if Bullet Train shouldn't be, according to Evan. But uh, anyways, uh, who you wants to tell to the people, where's Bullet Train on your list, Cody? Bullet Train's number eight on my list. Come on. I, I, you know what? To be fair, I should reevaluate my top ten. This Listen, is just don't like... don't let Diesel ruin the podcast, okay? <laughs> yeah. I, I'll wear that brat that badge proudly. Yeah, I bet you would. I bet you would. I bet you have ten of those stickers just lined up ready for every moment. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, anyways, all right. You know what? We're gonna start with Zach. You know, I don't want to hear Evan's voice anymore right now. Um, Zach, are you ready, buddy? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, uh, logically it makes sense to start with me too, cause my number 10 is, is the, uh, Zach, I'm, I'm the host. One... I don't care what oh, logic sounds like. No, you've got a couple outliers. No, but my, my number 10 is not on your list yes. at all. Uh, so. Oh, you know what? Let's go. You know what? Before we get into the top 10, honorable mentions. Is there any movies that you felt like was just so close to being in your top 10, Zach? You're like, dang it. Just didn't. Yeah. Happen. Like Bullet yeah, Train. I have a couple. Bullet Train was like number 11 on your list, right? <laughs> I don't. I don't even know how far down Bullet Train was. But it does <laughs> hold King. a special place Woman, in my heart. Woman King made my top ten right now, Zach. What do you think about that? How do you like them apples? That's great, and I'm yeah. I'm proud of you. Um, if, if Goodwill Hunting came out this year, it'd probably be my number one movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, it's a very good movie. It would probably be in my I'm, top ten. But Cody I'm just track. telling you what would happen. Anyway, Zach. Uh, yeah. Honorable right, mention. I'm, what do you got? Um, uh, some of my honorable mentions here. So, um, it's on, it made Evan's list, but not mine, even though it's definitely one of my favorites of the year. Uh, Glass Onion. Okay. We'll, well talk about we it. Talking? Um, yeah, yeah we'll we will go it. over that one a little bit later. Uh, Cha Cha Real Smooth. I'm a big Cooper Ray fan, uh, his sophomore effort. And, um, I really also like his, his debut, uh, Shit House. The, the menu was really fun this year. Um, and then, of course, Avatar, James Cameron doing it again. Uh, Big Jim. Triangle of Sadness was another one that I had a really good time in the theater, despite uh, the fire alarm going off. Um, and then Top Gun Maverick, probably one of the biggest movies of the year. Hell yeah, dude. That um, movie was fun. And uh, Tar and Vengeance. Vengeance was a, was Vengeance. something we there actually talked about on, on, right? on this podcast uh, some time ago when it was still in theaters. One of my favorites, definitely a, a podcaster's movie. <laughs> or if you're like, so true. If you like listen to NPR in your free time, it's, it's like have your I, kind of movie. <laughs> have I missed out this year, guys? I know yes. I've lacked. I missed out. I would say this has been a good year for movies. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I think there's still so many things on my list like that are missing. There are, there are uh, probably a dozen movies that I'm like, oh man, I wish I could have got to that before putting this whole list together. Um, why are we doing the top 10 then? I feel like we're missing out on those 12 movies. What if all 10 of those 12 movies would be your new top 10? That's not how this works, Cody. We got oh. we got to stay true to our listeners. You're right. So, Moonfall should have been in my top 10. I, I, Moonfall is number <laughs> one on that list up. of 12. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, some movies that are on my uh, honorable mentions list. Uh, Nobody cares. I'll, I'll do like Zach did and start with one that's going to be on his okay. list, so we'll talk about it later. Um, Fire of Love. Uh, very good movie um is it sexual it sounds sexual and usually every year I, I pride myself on having at least one or two um 
Evan, international films and documentary films on there. But did answer my question. What? Is it sexual? not sexual? No. Okay, thank you, Zach. Thank you for answering my question. <laughs> Vaguely, but anyway, uh, Fire of Love missed my list by one spot. Um, I'm surprised Zach didn't bring this one up. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Um, we I, talked about it on the show last one. week, and uh, it's kind of only grown in my estimation. You know, um, what? my list, my list should be one longer. I did watch Pinocchio, and I haven't logged it yet. But I'll be honest, it probably would be in my top ten for what I've seen. This it's year. excellent. Um, some other ones, uh, Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul. I thought was no. uh excellent. No. Why? Definitely an underseen one this year. It was like. definitely underseen. It's uh, it's just good. I mean, it's like it's funny in a kind of cringy way. It's so and dark. It's like it is so dark. Um, Regina Hall is awesome in it. Uh. 3,000 Years of Longing is one that... Can I, can I be on honest with you? Can I be honest with you? Yeah. I watched five minutes for Honk for Jesus, and then I turned it off. I didn't wow. get it. Cody wasn't honking wasn't for fun. Jesus, I guess. I, I wasn't. I needed Jesus to save me in that moment. <laughs> Zach brought up Maverick, but I mean, that, that may be one of the most fun movie theater experiences other than like Glass Onion, which you brought up, which we're going to talk about later. Um, Yeah, I don't know. A lot of good movies this year. I don't... Did streaming know. did streaming hurt movies this year or like like certain movies like Last Sunday I think is a good example and I guess we can get into that when we really talk about it but like I did not get the opportunity to see that in theater and I feel like I missed out actually on that one because I feel like it would have been more fun had I seen it in theaters I don't know if I got that experience because of mm. it. I haven't seen it at home, so I don't know. But... Yeah, I haven't watched it on streaming yet. I think Glass Onion is a special case this year for you know the streaming versus theater discussion. I don't think it's been as bad as the previous years, uh, where some films didn't hit theaters at all. It's been kind of, it's been kind of strange, but no, I would say overall, I think, uh, I think what I would say is it's been harder to find the, like, you know, top contending movies this year. Uh, just in the fact that like pre the last couple of years with COVID, everything's been available at home within a short amount of time. Like we were, Zach and I were talking today about how we wish we could have rewatched Tar before you know putting our list out uh, right. but it's not available like you just can't see tar it's not going to be available to rent for another week so there's not really much else to say about it why did you guys diss brandon fraser's new movie the whale so so poorly i did i like the whale oh good good yeah don't zach, don't drag zach, zach into that good job zach i love brandon fraser he's good in it too he's yeah he's he is excellent in it I was going to see it, and then I saw Evan Swore. I was like, "Oh shit, is this movie that bad?" And then no, I saw that. Go watch it. I didn't. I I had some issues with it, but I think you'd like it, Cody. All right, fair enough. All right, let's just let's uh, let's get in this top ten now, Zach. Are you ready, buddy? Yeah, let's go. All right. Uh, what number what ten? Is, let me tell you what number ten is. This is my let job. him host, Zach. Okay. Yeah, okay. I got one. <laughs> I got one job a year. This is it. One hosting oh, yeah. gig a year, and so then you, if you don't like 10. it. Uh, what is my number 10? Cody should just I have to list off his numbers. <laughs> my number 10 is the Woman King. Woohoo! <laughs> I did it. My number Viola 22. Davis is awesome, okay? She yeah. is a woman of power. Anyways, Zach's number 10 is RRR. <laughs> <laughs> cool. <Yeah>. Tell <laughs> me about it, Zach. What is RRR? Why should people care about this movie? Why is it in your top ten? I don't know what the triple R stands for, Zach. I don't. I should have looked at. It's I like should have looked rise, at revolt, something. I don't know. Yeah, it's something. It's like rise, something, and like revolution. I think yeah. is the last one. Uh, super good. Uh, so, triple R or RRR is a film out of India, um, like a you would call it like a Hollywood film. 
Um, and it is sort of just like this. It's like an action adventure musical. musical. Yeah, it's it's it is it is swinging three hours. The, yeah, it is swinging for the fences with everything that it does. It's the story of the, it's kind of like a fictionalized history of these historical figures um, from like the Indian Revolution during uh, the British occupation. Um, and so you, the two main characters are sort of on opposing sides of this occupation. One guy is a, you know, uh, in the in like the military for the British. Yeah. yeah. And um, another guy is kind of like he lives in, you know, like a. I guess like a nomadic society or or sort of indigenous Indian. Mm -hmm. um tribe and uh the british kidnap a a villager from from his you know local village and then he goes on a quest to save to save her and then these two become sort of unlikely friends even though they're on opposing sides and it's just a long sort of dramatic story but it's so it's so much fun and it's incredibly theatrical there's musical numbers there's big action scenes with like cgi animals and it it I don't know exactly how to describe it to like sell it to an audience. The CGI but, animals are wild. Yeah, <laughs> like, they're crazy. But basically, if is there you, a tiger? Like, yes. Yeah. Yes. There, there's yes. There's there are multiple um, big cats. Uh, you should open with that. <laughs> I actually Next do time. think this is a movie Cody would like a lot. Yeah, if you could sit down and and it's find a time and watch it. Yeah, it is on. It is on Netflix. Um. It is. Is it as long as the new Avatar movie? Uh, almost. Yeah, yeah it is. Uh, oh actually, my god! Similar, it is three hours long, Cody. Similar. At least I get pee breaks without missing anything because I can push the pause button. You can get pee breaks in Avatar without missing anything. Let me tell you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so you. I mean, this movie is you get you know sort of a a revenge story, a buddy comedy, a like a a rom com, like a full on and, singing in the rain musical. Like. Yeah, like La La Land style kind of kind of Ooh. musical numbers uh and just like i said just a lot of fun like super super uh like big you know event kind of movie making so it's a lot of fun yeah i can second a lot of that i agreed uh it's a lot of fun i enjoyed watching it this is the movie for me that i think i least understand as in like the mix of the very best movies of the year like i think it's fun it's the action's good the the musical numbers are entertaining and i had fun watching it but like to me it was nothing special and i i saw a lot of commentary on like film twitter and stuff too where like a lot of indians were like hey this was like a pretty average like indian movie but it just kind of caught hold because of these elements in the united states so everyone's kind of rallied around it but for me it was good but not like transcendent i don't know well your opinion is your opinion. Is it, is it Zach's top 10? <laughs> <laughs> so. I just, you know what? I just think that, that. You say it wasn't an English film? What, what kind it of was, film? No, it was not. It was, no, it was Indian, but it's yeah. like, uh, what, like South yeah. Indian or? Yeah. So it's it originally, um, they, they're, it's spoken, uh, so, in Telugu. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I think the Netflix version is Hindi. So it's it a is. dub. It, it is dubbed, which uh, bothers okay. me. Okay. So yeah, it's not a, it's not an English language film. It's it's foreign language from from India. Gotcha. Uh, cool. And I just think that this is like a a type of movie that's such a good gateway movie to like expanding your horizons in mm -hmm. terms of the cinema that you you know you consume. Um, and I, yeah, I I can't really recommend this one enough enough to people who are are interested in 
in in really expanding the horizons. Yeah. I really do think you'd like it, Cody. Cool. I'll give it a shot. All right. Well, Zach, I'd love to keep listening to you talk because my other option's Evan, but I do have to get Evan involved <laughs> here. Um, Evan's 10 is higher on Zach's list, All right. uh, so it's no point in going there just yet, but we can hit Evan's number nine. Woo. That's going to be Glass Onion. Yes, Glass Onion. So Knives Out was a movie, Cody, if you remember, we watched together. We got a little poster when we went to see I it. know. I think, you were so we watched- proud. You were so proud in that movie. You're like, the knife is fake, and you're the first one to know it. I did. I was the so first you, one in the So theater. you proclaimed. <laughs> so you proclaimed you were the first one to know it. But you didn't say it out loud like that lady did. So that, that as far as I'm concerned, out loud. that lady was right before you, and that's fine. Whatever you want to do. Yeah. So Knives you, Out was fine. Do you remember I what agree. the other movie we saw that day was? Oh, my God. We did see two movies that day. Yeah, we went to dinner in between. Fuck. What was the other movie? Let's see. This is what you get on this podcast. And I remember. It was a a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It was a beautiful day in the neighborhood. That's what it was. Um, Yeah, that was the movie we saw. And ladies and gentlemen, that is how good Cody's memory is from time to time. All right. Uh, So, Cody, you saw Glass Onion, so you'll be able to discuss with us. And and it was one of Zach's honorable mentions. So the first Knives Out was a movie that I saw, really enjoyed. Um, But then, you know, on subsequent viewings and, like, after thinking about it and seeing sort of like the intricate layout of the whole thing. It was just like, wow, this movie is actually kind of genius. And this one, I, you know, knowing Ryan Johnson and that's sort of his whole MO, I thought Glass Onion was genius. Obviously it couldn't come out at a better time with uh, Edward Norton being sort of an Elon Musk type character. Um, just what a moment for that movie to come out. But I just think that the message behind this movie of like, essentially like these idols that we hold of like tech geniuses and like innovators and what what is the word he uses in the in the movie it's like um uh disruptors or something like yeah it's just like no yeah maybe they're not these geniuses that we think of maybe they just kind of lucked into something and maybe they're like shitheads yeah and it's it's so funny it's so much funnier than the first one i i don't know if it's better than knives out but at least on par, I think. Um, such a fun time. It's on Netflix right now. Uh, I, I wish more people could have seen it in theaters like we got to. I feel like I missed out for not seeing it in theaters. I, I enjoyed the movie, but I was just like, wow, I'm watching the same movie twice. That's how I felt when it was over. I was just like, I watched the first 40 minutes and, and then, then the next Mo 40 Day minutes went then on. The next 40 minutes was this elaborate spiel of the first 40 minutes with things that obviously we didn't get in the first 40 minutes. And that was the last 40 minutes. So it's the same movie, but like twice. One of the best the lines of the year. I do feel like Daniel- he said at the beginning, he was like, uh... Oh, children equals NFT. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or child equals NFT, and it's like, yeah. what is it, Uber for dogs or something? I don't <laughs> right, remember. Right, so good. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you, you I, think Daniel, to... yeah I, I think Daniel Craig is just having fun with this movie. Like, with yep. his character, oh, yeah. I should say. Like, for sure. Right. Yeah, he's just like... I that, love that scene where he so solves the, the murder mystery party. Yeah. Thing, like, right he's away. like, all right, guys. So funny. Yeah. <laughs> Kate Hudson rocks. Zach, what, what did you think? This was on your... Uh... 
honorable mention. Yeah, I think it's I think it is my number eleven, so just outside my top ten. Um, one of my favorites of the year, a, a excellent follow up to Knives Out. I kind of uh did not get the sense that it's like a retread of the first one. Not at, at all. all. Like you know, it's a very it's a very different film. It does that kind of like Ocean's Eleven, Ocean's Twelve thing, where like you said, Cody. Right at about the midpoint, it just completely reveals something that you had no way of knowing beforehand right. um, and recontextualizes things that happened before. But I think that's part of what makes this movie good and is sort of what it's going for anyway. Right. They keep they keep uh, reiterating how, you know, it's got a lot of layers, but it's completely see through. It's it's a glass onion, quite yep. literally. Um, Edward Norton is great. It's so funny. Um, and then, of course, you know, Daniel Craig is, is Benoit Blanc. I could watch this guy solve any I history. I hope yeah. Brian Johnson makes a billion of these movies. Yeah. Like, I, I think the I, thing that strikes me about this movie, especially, so, like, I, I don't know if we've talked too much about Ryan Johnson on the podcast. I know we've talked about, um, at least on the Missing Star Wars episode, we uh, we talked about uh, The Last Jedi. Oh, and sad. What he does in that movie is he sort of takes Star Wars lore and turns it on its head and says, like, this is why it's important, but this is why I'm not sticking to the actual, like, core of it. And Knives Out does that as well. Knives Out is a movie that it's a murder mystery where you know who who the murderer is at the very beginning. And it, and it sort of takes that idea and makes you kind of figure out, okay, what can be interesting about that? This is a movie where it's it's a murder mystery where you don't even know who's murdered until like halfway through the movie. And I think that's like genius that he's been able to take such a tried and true formula. Um, I mean, we saw See How They Run this year. We've seen, I, I mean, I didn't watch Death on the Nile or um, Murder on the Orient Express or any of the Agatha Christie things. But like all those movies have a, a formula. Someone dies, we're figuring out, the clues are laid out. These movies are like, we don't even know what to expect from the murder mystery going into it. And I think Brian Johnson just has a unique mind for it. And, you know, thank goodness he's already started writing the third one because, uh, again, I'm I'm excited to uh, dig into the next Benoit Blanc uh, mystery. Evan, Evan, there's only one right answer. Is the Spinning the Real podcast going to be as big as the Mona Lisa is our name spinning the real going to be remembered <laughs> like the Mona Lisa? Such There's only one right answer. It's brilliant. <laughs> and the answer is no. <laughs> God damn it. I said there's only one right answer. Cody, smile mysteriously and we'll see. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to Photoshop you on some Mona Lisa for this one. Okay. I'll do it. I'll do it. All right. Well, thanks for that, guys. I don't think uh, suspense. I like it. No, I was intrigued. Uh, we're back to Zach. Zach, I want to hear more about Nope. Is your number nine? What do you got? Yeah, Nope was, nope was in my top half. Of, like my, what was Nope for me? That was Is number nope... eleven. It was really close. No, nope. he saw thirty six movies and didn't make his top ten. <laughs> I mean, it it's was... not it's not in your top ten, and I don't even think you no, put it in your honorable uh, mentions. It's in like your, in the twenty five. Yeah, for me, out of one thirty, so still high yeah, up, still but... pretty good. Yeah, but. Uh, put some enough. put some respect on Jordan Peele's name. Uh, so yeah, this is uh third um feature feature narrative from uh Jordan Peele. Um of course called Nope, starring Daniel Kalua and uh Kiki Palmer, Stephen Young. Uh kind of like a uh, like a an alien story, I suppose. Yeah. Is is it's weird. It's it's sort of hard to describe exactly. The movie itself is is 
mostly a metaphor, but as far as the actual plot goes, uh, you have this kind of struggling, you know, horse trainer, um, and his sister who have inherited a farm from their, uh, late father who died in like this freak accident. Uh, and it turns out that the cause of that is a alien creature that lives in the sky above their, above their ranch. Uh, yeah. And their, their neighbor played by Steven Yeun, uh, characters, Ricky Jupe. Yep. In, in the, in the film has been trying to sort of use this alien creature in his, in his, uh, I think important to note act, that he I was guess? a former child actor. Yeah. I mean, that's like what the movie goes into is, yeah. is why, why this character, why Steven Yeun character thinks he can control this wild animal. Um, but then upon discovery that there, that this creature exists, uh, Danny Kalua, I think his character's name is Otis and his sister played by Kiki Palmer are then trying to capture footage of, of this alien creature and to exploit it and make themselves famous and get rich from, from, you know, the first, you know, first contact, so to speak. Uh, this movie is incredible. I, I love Jordan Peele's directorial style. Um, this this trilogy he's had then it's not like a direct trilogy but all these films feel like they're in the same conversation Mm -hmm. with like this social horror so we got you know get out us and now nope um and he's really just asking us to examine what we consider spectacle and why and like our sort of morbid fascination with it uh one of the most I guess unsettling sequences with with a CGI chimp oh, <laughs> of, yeah. of all time. So good. That's not, why it's not, in, that's why it's number eleven for me. If I would have understood like the chimp, the chimp, yeah, if I would have under, understood. Wait, you chimp. didn't understand the chimp. <laughs> Evan, we went over I, this. This was one of the yeah, exactly. This <laughs> is one of the still podcasts. don't understand the chimp. I don't fucking get the chimp, it's and that's so, why it's number eleven. It's it's so good. Not not as overtly, you know, um, of a horror vehicle as as his other two. Yeah. of films but definitely uh a fun theatrical experience and just a great a great movie okay a couple things first off cody you're supposed to be listing off your top 10 as we go so what's your number nine my number nine is the outfit let's fucking go awesome um yeah nope wait i don't get to describe it i don't get to talk about it at length like zach does let's let's finish nope real quick and then and then move on I'm going to nope your nope. I'm going to nope your nope. You're, you're the host. You're okay. Yeah. okay. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. It's a, it's a noir film. It was fun. I liked it. And I don't know. I was intrigued. And I don't know. It was just one of those films that surprisingly probably did make my top 10. Did you like when, the outfit? I did like Why would it no, be in my no, top no, the 10? the outfit in, my, in the outfit. Oh, yeah. That was, what was the damn thing? I seriously, I feel like half the movies I've seen, I don't even remember the movies. Can't wait till we get to the Batman, dude. Like, oh, yeah, 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 the Batman. Wait, wait for it to come up. That's <laughs> my number one. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no. Nope is a movie for me that I think you're spot on. Um, Jordan Peele has developed like a visual efficiency in his films and like style that is excellent. And I think that this movie is awesome. There's so many set pieces that are so memorable. The chimp being one, but like. The uh, the blood raining down over the house is is something that's stuck in my mind all year. Um, for me, it just it didn't. I, I don't know. All come together in that this is a movie criticizing spectacle while being itself 
this massive spectacle. And I don't know, it just didn't feel like it, it did enough to bridge that gap for me, but uh, good. I, I liked it. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Let's see. Evan, you have this next movie on your list, but it seems like it's Zach's. on Zach's list. So we'll skip that. But what's your it's number good. eight, though? Oh, my number eight. Pull a train. We're back, baby. Yes. Pull a train, baby. <laughs> We've come Let's full go. circle from Pull when we started drive. this podcast. Pull a train. You know what? I have no problem with Brad, Brad Pitt doing crazy shit movies these days. I think he finally just hit that age where he's like, fuck it. I'm going to do crazy ass movies. Hence, Bullet Train and Babylon. All right? And if, Evan, you don't want to appreciate that, so be it. You are on a train if you're I really, I want to. I nowhere. want you to revisit this after you watch Babylon. I'm so excited for this. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I can't pinpoint where Cody's going to be on Babylon, honestly. He's uh, eating, we'll see. Man. We'll Five stars, baby. Cody, in the first five minutes of Babylon, a character yeah. gets shat on by an elephant. Don't like, spoil it. Don't explosively. Spoil it. Nice. <laughs> All right. Unlike us men talking, Evan explain woman talking. As your wait, numbers... I, Zach. Zach. Wait, number eight. That's not on my list. Oh, that's right. If we're going in chronological order yes. by numbers, <laughs> I should totally tell Zach next. I guess that is the purpose of a top 10, right? <laughs> we're going we're gonna to rewind here. Forget if it's number seven. Let's go to Zach's number eight, Fire of Love, which isn't sexual, by the way. Apparently. My honorable mentions. Yeah, uh, Fire of Love, uh, my number eight for the year. Um, a National Geographic documentary uh, available on Disney+. Plus. Please watch it. Yes. Um, it's really good. It's on uh, Disney Plus. It sure is, is Cody. Yeah. You better watch Holy it. Shit. I think you, this is another one that I think you would really like. Right up too. your alley. It is incredibly captivating. Um, of course, being the story of two uh, married volcanologists, Maurice and uh, Katya Kraft. Um, this is sort of the story of their uh, marriage and their like professional career as volcanologists and documentarians themselves. Um. I guess sort of spoiling the ending, you can't really talk around it, but they do, you know, they're no longer alive and practicing in this field, of course, dying in a volcanic eruption, because that's how much they were dedicated to, to this field of study and sort of pioneers in, in a lot of it. Um, and it is just an incredible display of like the power of our planet in a sense. And then just, what it's like to see two people dedicated one to each other and then two to, you know, to, to this, uh, to this thing that they've, that they've devoted their lives to like this, this study of, of, of volcanoes. Um, and it narrated by my, by, uh, Miranda July. And it's just a, a, a compilation of like, you know, some of their, um, interview footage. And of course they were documentarians. So they have, you know, on, um, unused clips or clips from you know their own films and things like that just very well structured story incredibly captivating as i mentioned off the top uh and well paced and edited i i watched this in you know in theaters mm-hmm. at a, at a we pre- were slightly late for that screening if you remember yeah it was a, a previous screening and it was a, it was a very like moving experience it was super cool and i've watched it again since and it still holds up so yeah yeah i would recommend it to anybody yeah, another movie Evan, that just missed my list. 
It did. As a it, new man in love, what is fire of love? Is, as a is new, <laughs> a, a new man in love, or a man newly in love? Whatever. It, this was. The I movie literally movie. saw you blow a kiss over the screen to Anna. You Our know what, Cody? Sitting in the background. Okay, I'm just trying I to. Know. You know what? I have nothing no, to say. Um, nothing to say. A- Anna one. Anna audience of one. Give us a woo. That, that was weak. I barely um, heard. Anyway, that. all right. Fire. <laughs> Fire of Love is the movie that just just missed my list. Um, Anna and I actually watched it on uh, Disney Plus recently. Her first viewing, uh, my second, and I think uh, it's brilliant. I mean the archival footage of the volcanoes that you see is just like mind blowing. It's you watch this and you're like, fuck, how did they get these shots of like these volcanoes? Like you, some of them look like they're almost like inside of the, like the, the mouth of the volcano. It's, it's really like awe striking uh, to, to watch, but then also the way it's intertwined this, like, magical uh concoction uh of nature and um and all that like that dovetails also with like human emotion and love like the way that the the volcanoes are are basically compared to the passion of of true love it's like really beautifully done um again cody i think a movie you would really enjoy uh i really really wanted to make uh room for this on my list but the narrative features this year were just so good that I couldn't uh, I couldn't find room for it. Fair enough. I uh, I do like documentaries, so uh, I probably would have enjoyed this. I still have a chance to see it before the new year. Sure, but it won't make my top ten on this episode because uh, this is what it is. All right, number eight's done. We're on to number seven, and now and what's I feel- yours? Uh, you want me first again? Always. I'll do my number seven. Oh, it's Hustle, baby. Hustle. hustle. Not, not a bad movie. I, With I, Adam Sandler. I love basketball. I love this movie. way back. It, it is. <laughs> it's my number 36. So, I mean, like, I didn't hate that movie. Like, I'm just kidding. Movie. I haven't even seen Hustle. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just know it's, it's about fine. basketball. Cody was just like, Cody was watching Hustle on Netflix and he was like Leonardo DiCaprio in uh, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, pointing out all the basketball players. Yeah. Basically. The Uncut Gems prequel. Is that right? <laughs> More or less. <laughs> That's my number seven. Hey, so... Ant Edwards, best supporting actor, Cody? Who? Ant Edwards. Isn't his name Ant Anthony Edwards? No. Oh, Anthony. Yeah. <laughs> Best supporting actor. Best supporting actor, right? <laughs> nah, dude. Trey Young all day, baby. Come on. Uh, all right. Sevens. Sevens? Sevens. 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 Women talking. Probably better women. than us talking. Could you know, this is the women. They're always talking. True that. <laughs> True that. So, God. This, this movie is so good. Um... Uh, so let me set the stage here. This is a movie about uh, religious colony, and I, I'm gonna have to do most of the talking here because I, I know Zach is trying to see it maybe tomorrow. No room for women, huh? Uh, yeah, and and yeah, that's right. Uh, actually, Anna, you want to talk about women talking? No, she doesn't want to do it. So <laughs> I, I guess I have to take the mantle here. Uh, these this is about a group of women in a religious uh commune. Basically, they're they're living in like a colony. Uh, and every night they've been uh, sexually assaulted by the men of the colony and been told to to believe that it is uh, spirits or the devil or their own 
you know, wandering minds that are imagining these things uh, until finally they catch one of the men that, that did it. And that man gave up the other men that did it. Uh, they get arrested and all the men in the colony go to bail them out of jail. Um, I should also say this takes place in 2010. Uh, so, yeah. So while the men are gone, the women gather in a barn to basically decide what their response is going to be. They take a vote. Uh, this happens in the very beginning of the movie. They take a vote and they decide that um, the one thing they will not do is stay and do nothing. They will either fight back or they will leave. But those votes are tied. So these women gather in the barn and try to decide whether to stay and fight or to uh, to leave. And it's just this really interesting like dissection of you know women's roles in society, especially in society where they are a second class citizen. Um, it gives a, a vast amount of power to their opinions and, and thoughts, which is like awesome and not something you see even in movies today to that extent. Uh, one of the things that I thought was most fascinating about this movie is every option that these women are considering to gain their own safety is still within the framework of a religious society that marginalizes them, that is um, like built around men and the superiority of men. And so even at the very best, they're not earning liberation in their... They're just trying to secure safety first and foremost before they can even think about anything like that. And I think it's just, um, it's one of these movies that gives you a lot to think about. And um, the performances are awesome. I mean, you've got Claire Foy, you've got Jesse Buckley, you've got Rooney Mara, uh, Francis McDormand. Like the the actresses in this movie are delivering. Um, You got Paddington himself um ben wishaw in in this movie as well it's it's brilliant it's really really i i this is the last movie that i saw that made the list um saw it yesterday and it's incredible zach you still plan on seeing this movie yeah i'm actually gonna try and uh get out it's only playing in la right now um so i'm gonna try and get out there tomorrow to see it zach i have a question for you sure if there was a movie called Evan Talking, would you go see it or would you just listen to this podcast instead? Because uh, I see it every week. <laughs> <laughs> That's, the right answer. Answer. <laughs> That's the right answer. That's the right answer. Interesting. Cody, are you going to see women talking? Is this like a is this like a, a, a like foreign release film? Then I guess or like no, a, one of those. Okay. No, it's just an extremely limited release. Kind it of, it is. It's, uh, yeah, they're getting in at the at the like the qualifying time for right. this year's Oscars. But gotcha. you probably it probably so get a wide release later. That's the like worst part about like movies is like how many yeah, movies, movies are just suck, like no 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 they don't suck. <laughs> it's just like you kind of mentioned it, Evan. It's like oh, I there's like twelve movies I want to see. It's like why don't you release that stuff a little bit earlier and not put everything in December January just to make this Oscars slate. And like, yeah, everything just comes out like all at once. That you all political crap. So one thing I'll say about women talking is so Anna and I went and saw that and we may have been the only couple there. Literally everyone else in that theater. And it was like half full was either like a 60 year old woman or older or dudes in their 20s that went to see it together. That's nice. good. I think. I, I think so too. Yeah. But it was very odd distribution of 
like audience. I've never seen something like that. Yep. That's so strange though that it's like you Do you know, know what other of... movie fit that demographic? What's that, Cody? Bullet train. No bros. <laughs> Definitely bros. <laughs> There's no couple scene, bros. Twenty year old dudes. Hey, Sixty year old women. Anna and I went to see bros as well. So, and you yeah, were the, the only movie couple personally, in per, The movie personally attacked you. <laughs> it certainly did. Yeah. <laughs> you love those kind of cell phone, movies, though, because, I mean, literally no one else other than us saw it in that capacity. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Where's bros on your list, Cody? Uh, number 13. Well, there you go. All right. Anyways. <laughs> We're not talking about 13, 14, 15, 16, anything that's in my top, whatever. What we're talking about is top 10. And next on the list, Zach, you're back up, baby. You're number seven. Armageddon time. I just called you baby. That's right. I'm honored. Uh, did we? Oh. Did you say you're number seven already? Was it Was it Hustle? It, it was. was Hustle. Okay. Just if wanted, it makes you feel to... better, I haven't seen Armageddon time either, so we haven't seen each other's number seven. So. <laughs> this this is one that I you both. would, I think you would adore, honestly. Um Armageddon Time really? right up Cody's alley. Opinion. Uh Armageddon Time is from James Gray, director of Ad Astra. I know you didn't Cody's <laughs> favorite That's a movie. great start, Zach. That's know, the best fucking start you could go I know, Did you fall asleep during Ad Astra? <laughs> I, I wish I did. <laughs> this is this movie. What are the best movies of uh recent memory? This movie, I mean, is not Ad Astra. It's it's Thank God. it's the other side of the coins, sort of where, you know, uh Ad Astra is is all about you know, sort of, an an adult chasing his father's footsteps in, in the shadow of his father. This is about a young child, um, very much of a coming of age story, and a, a a movie like this is like, it's so rare that a film can capture that moment where you like grow up, you know, where yeah, you, that's the, fair. You you are as a child, you're you know when you finally see things that maybe seemed really far away um, the the night before. And then, you know, and really just you, you grow up and you realize how big the world is and how much closer it is than, than maybe you, uh, than you thought before you see your parents differently. You see your peers differently. Um, this is kind of in the, in the slate of films that, you know, that has been popular with directors right now, sort of like almost semi autobiographical. Yeah. The Belfast effect for sure. Um, and it's, it's about the story of a, of a young boy named Paul who is growing up in New York, uh, going to public school and his family is sort of, you know, kind of on the edge of, of poverty, um, a working class father and, and like a stay at home mom. Um, and then, he his the paternal figure that he's closest to is actually his grandfather, played by Anthony Hopkins, who's excellent wonderful in this movie. Yeah. Um, when does he not have a wonderful performance? <laughs> I'm sure we could find one, Cody. Yeah, like, <laughs> don't go out of your way. I'm just making yeah. a very generic statement, and he's cool. Is he and Meet Joe Black? Is that him, or is that? Uh... Oh, um, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but yeah, so this this movie is uh is really really is really good it's it's so touching and also devastating it's a it's a great movie and of course you know james gray's got an obsession with space um and it's very present in this one as well uh but i i definitely think that this one i think you would like this one 
Yeah, narrowly, narrowly missed my top 10. Uh, 13 for me. Uh, but again, when it gets to this level of film, it's very uh, fungible. It's uh, it's all very good. Uh, Anthony Hopkins is awesome in this movie. And I think the thing that Zach said that, you know, I never really contextualized in that way is that moment where it's like that. I mean, we all are children and we all grow up to be adults, but that moment of transition um, is really brilliantly depicted here. And that's, that's an excellent point that you bring up Zach. Like I, I am, I didn't think about it in that way. And this is a movie I already really enjoyed a lot. Uh, Yeah. uh, It's, also, we're going to get into this with the Fablemans when we talk about it a little bit later. But one of the problems with uh, Belfast is that Kenneth Branagh is kind of... There's not like... enough of it. <laughs> Where is this conversation gone? We're just talking about Armageddon and now we're Sure, on but, but Kenneth Branagh talks about, like, you know, the the formative things that made him into director Kenneth Branagh. And, like, one of the beautiful things about Armageddon Time is that James Gray is recounting his youth and in a way that is humble, you know, in a way that says, like, I didn't know all of these things as a kid. Like, I yeah, he definitely portrays, you know, his, his, his self-insert as a kind of a, a dummy. Dick. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, just really not great. And then the way this movie attacks, like, privilege as well is very interesting because, you know, um, the James Gray stand-in obviously is, like, a white kid, red hair, um, but he's Jewish. And so... There is sort of this like element of persecution in that end, but then his best friend in the movie is black, and what he goes through is magnitudes different than what um, I don't remember any of the characters' names, but James Gray's uh, uh, Paul. His name's Paul. Paul. Paul's character goes through, and then through. Uh, his friend's Johnny. And uh, yeah, so I mean, I think it really gets at these ideas of like relative privilege in um, in really interesting ways. I really fell for this movie uh another one that if you know if it weren't such a strong year this would be in my top 10 as well fair enough has it been a strong year i don't know it has Cody. it has you know i've just great year you know the enthusiasm for movies could maybe it's because i just haven't had the time it's just half these movies i haven't even heard of i'll be honest with you really This, this is one of them cody you host a movie podcast uh, no. He moonlights as a podcast. Right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> there you go. More of a uh, yeah, But guy. he hasn't even seen Moonlight. So, <laughs> oh, you, you haven't seen Moonfall, one, okay? You haven't seen. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know how we say, so sir. I don't know why we're so worked up the over one on, movie. The wit on this guy. Uh, in terms <laughs> of moon movies, <laughs> yeah. you guys, you guys watching, listening, can be the judge of that. All right, guys, we're on to our number sixes. Uh, Evan, you started off. Evan gets skipped again. Oh, yeah, I always start off. Uh, my number six is, uh, what is my number six? The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Come on, man. With, like, I mean, that was a fun Nicholas movie, but. <laughs> with Nicolas Cage. Nicolas oh, Cage needs some love, baby. All right. Any, any movie I, that yeah. I they like did, Paddington 2 is good they, in my book. But they did him dirty, okay? Nicolas Cage, they, he got dirty. They they released this National Treasure bullshit on Disney+. Plus. It doesn't even star him. I sure so hope we're gonna that give you him, haven't we're gonna seen give that. Movie. I haven't. In lieu I'm of. Just, other <laughs> movies. I, I just year. know it came out. I just oh, know man. it came out. But is John so. Voight in it? That's the question. 
you know what? It, the point is, I've seen literally 30 movies. I don't know why we're harping on this as my number six, okay? It's fun. <laughs> it's great time. Nicolas Cage is off the walls crazy with every shit he's ever done in his life. And him and freaking Pedro Pascal have a great connection. Just Pedro like Pascal us here. Has a great connection. Just like everyone. us on this podcast, Evan. Zach. You're there too, buddy, but you're like off to the side. Just why? Oh, I thought you and Zach had a great connection, and I was off to the side. (laughs) Anyways, that's my number six. Evan, like I said, we have to skip your number six because it's higher on a list. And we'll go to we'll go to Zach's number six, which did make Evan's top ten actually. Yeah, this is your number ten, right? All right, the Bansies Uh, of. In Sharon? In a Sharon. Yeah, the Banshees of In a Sharon. God, I can't pronounce it. Another movie I haven't heard of. But you guys told me I had to watch this. It's you were very adamant actually about oh, it. Yeah, it is great. It is fucking great, absolutely. Oh, watch your um, fucking language. Yeah, we're getting to a point now where I mean this could honestly be a number one for me. I love it's this movie. So good. So much. It is <laughs> so it I it is beloved. It is first of all. It's hilarious. Just one of the funniest movies of one, the year. Yeah, one of the like the tightest like comedic scripts. Yeah, for me of, of the year. Um, just the the whippiness of the dialogue and like how I guess, you know, for those who haven't seen it that are listening, this movie is about two guys who live on an I- island off the coast like of a Ireland. Very remote island. Slim yes. population. Yeah, maybe a population of like a hundred people or something, yeah. you know, along this whole Toby's island. Dream. They have there's a there's a Hell very yeah. uh you know there's a, there's a public house a pub that they go to that they reg- that they frequent everybody goes there everybody knows everyone knows them yeah. yeah this movie is about two guys just being Best guys friends. and one day one of them wakes up and says I don't want to be friends with you anymore which on the face of it that? sounds like incredibly you, you low think so. <laughs> incredibly low stakes. But the way they talk about it as is really, and what if it, what it is sort of an allegory for is a civil war. Yeah, it is. That's the thing Zach didn't bring up is that it's very much in. That's the foreground. The background is there's literally a civil war. You can hear the cannons shooting on the mainland of Ireland in the background of many of the scenes of this movie, and it, it is juxtaposing a literal civil war of a country. With these two guys who can't be friends anymore. Yeah, and one of them, sort of, who is uh, played by wonderfully by Brendan Gleeson, uh, Callum, Sonny Larry, uh, it, it realizes that his friend is kind of, you know, unambitious and a bit slow, and so decides he doesn't really want to be friends with him anymore. And the way that they talk about the situation is is uh, is deadly, deadly serious. Yes. Um. And it, it creates this sort of absolutely hilarious situations and completely bleak at the same time. Uh, just Colin Farrell at his best. I, I love Second him best, in this. I, yeah. I mean, I agree. Second I, best, the gentleman, first best. Come on. <laughs> just cancel the fucking podcast I now. Honestly, I, I thought you were going to I thought you were going to say the Batman. That's even worse. What your answer was actually even worse. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, Colin Farrell having a killer year. Yeah, really. Um, you know what? I think... Just like this movie, I don't think we can be friends anymore. I'm done. <laughs> Cody, does this sound up your alley? Does this sound like a movie you'd enjoy? I love, I love, I love a band that just comes up and just like, yeah, I don't want to be a friend anymore. 
That's like, literally I, what it is. He, he I, I feel like I can relate he's to like, that. I, I don't like you anymore. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. I feel like I can relate to that, man. Well, you liked me yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it's so funny. It's so brilliant. It's brutal in a way, too. Absolutely, um, yeah. There is a, a moment in the trailer, so this is no spoiler. There is a moment in the trailer where um, uh, Callum, uh, Brendan Gleeson's character, threatens to cut his fingers off if... Uh, Eric. Yeah, if, if Colin Farrell's character... Um, Padraig uh, even speaks to him again. <laughs> and uh, let me let me try and sell you it on it this way, uh, Cody. So the director of this movie, Martin McDonough, did a uh, director-on-director um, conversation with Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift. And Taylor Swift asked him, what was the symbolism of cutting off the fingers? And do you know what his answer was, Cody? It was, oh. I don't know. I thought it was funny. <laughs> and so... <laughs> <laughs> this is a this is a brilliant movie. I again, it's my number ten. But like Zach was saying, this is this is a movie I adored. I've seen it twice. Yeah, it's incredible. It's really it's it sounds so silly on the face of it. Like when you just when you look at it on paper, like what it's about, you know, not necessarily the depth that's there because there's a lot of a lot of subtext, like we talked about, you know, the, the Civil War backdrop, but. Just saying on the face of it, what the plot of this is, it sounds silly, yeah. but I promise you, if you sit down and watch this, you're going to get so much more out of it. Like, it's incredible how dense that that simple it, plot is. Um, and of course, we have Brendan and, and, and Colin Farrell. Like, just what? Where can I watch it? HBO Max. Oh, nice. HBO Max. Yeah, that's in, right. Giving incredible. Barry Keoghan is uh, in it as well. And uh, Key again? I, I don't know. yeah. Keoghan. Um, so incredible in this yeah movie too. All, yep also he's very good and yeah as we're saying like getting into this getting into this this top six really any any one of these could be a number one for me this, this was really yeah. a, a very good brilliant year, year movies. for sure all right fair enough and that, was that brings us yeah, yeah that was six for me that brings us to five guys surprise it's game time baby uh oh! I'm just kidding. I don't have a game, but I, I wanted to see. I it. really was hoping you did. <laughs> oh <laughs> shoot, Dan! Now I messed up. All right, we're gonna play a game. It's gonna be called the Top Ten Episodes, Top Ten Movies. That's my game. We're playing our game. Right What's now. your number five, Cody? <laughs> my, my number five. Cha cha real smooth. Cha 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 cha. That's it. Cha cha real smooth. Thank you, Evan. Thank you for sharing. What was this festival movie? I watched for eighteen for me. Yeah, was that was that Sundance? I think it was. Yeah, yeah. it was really, really quite good. I watched this movie at midnight, dude. It was like one hour before like Evans like Sundance. Yeah, before it expired. I'm trying to go to Sundance this year. Don't don't tell him I'm sending out my uh, links. (laughs) Sundance. Evan is a dirty hoe. He shares his information with people he shouldn't. Okay, so. If you're going to crack down on them, you know, don't be the new Netflix, okay? You know what, Cody? You you're getting do nothing now. That's fine. All right, you what's your... Yeah, so, Cha Cha Real Smooth was your number five. Number five for... We'll go to Zach on this one, just because yeah. it's on Evan's list. was higher up. So, Zach's number five is Evan's number eight. Zach, you want to talk about Decision to Leave? Which apparently could have been your number one because that's where we're at at this point in the podcast. It's good. Absolutely, yeah. Um, decision to leave. Uh, 
directed by Park Chan Wook, you know, a very uh, prolific director, director yeah. yeah, from from South Korea. Um, you know, famous for like Old Boy, Handmaiden. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> definitely. So this one is absolutely up my alley like this is kind of these are some of my favorite stories this is about a detective uh investigating a murder case who develops an obsession with sort of the you know beautiful murder suspect the the wife of the of the victim um and allowing his obsession to completely consume his life to the point of self-destruction um which sounds horrible because it is, and that's sort of what this movie is. It's like a dark fairy tale, uh, and just right. incredibly beautiful to look at. Um, some some amazing like stylistic choices here and editing, and uh, the the kind of um, sort of slow burn and descent into him giving in to the to this obsession. It's just. It's a really good movie uh, 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 about a guy who, who kind of loses everything, <laughs> uh, which is sounds in pursuit of like an unobtainable love. Yeah. yeah. And there's just such an emotional core to this one. That's like, I don't, I don't know that Park Chan Wook is kind of like an expert at at sort of exploring these lines of, of um, madness, I would say, like, you know, you sort of get lost in this world that he creates and this sort of it's like this it's really like a like a dark romance kind of thing Mm -hmm. um just one of one of my favorite favorite movies of the year and and theatrical experiences yeah so zach covered a lot of you know the brilliant part of those uh this movie um one of the things that i want to kind of double down on is the cinematography of it and the visual element like there's an element of voyeurism in this movie where it feels like we are with the detective uh, protagonist in this movie viewing through his binoculars and, and like the way I, it's hard to even describe just without seeing the movie, the way the camera moves in this film is, you know, you, you are with him and then all of a sudden it like transports you in and it feels like he is a part of this scene going on. He's living in, a, in an environment that he isn't. It's sort of um, a, like a ghost. It's, it's It makes him like very ghostly in, in it, some of this. It does. And it's uh, it, it really makes you feel like you are intruding into a situation or, you know, just like an observer in something. It's uh, brilliant. Uh, it's very visually inventive. I'll, again, second everything Zach said about just sort of like the romance of it all. It's a really good movie. I, I'd be interested to see what you think of it, Cody. Um, my number eight of the year. Good movie. All right. Cool. All right. This is where my quarrels start. Uh, quarrels begin. With Evan. <laughs> Evan's number five is... It's a Pixar movie, and this is your number five. I'm, you have to list it first. Dis- I already did. Where have you been on this podcast? What was your bro? number five? Cha Cha Real Smooth. Oh, oh, Get we're still- here. Oh, I th- I forgot we skipped uh, sixes. Got got it. No, we skipped your number six, not because I wanted to. Maybe I wanted to, but because it's on Zach's list higher. It's got also it. on my list. Higher. Fair enough. Uh, but this is my quarrel. Start with you, Evan. As a Disney boy, it even hurts me to like say that a Pixar movie wasn't good. 
Um, you're wow. saying it wasn't good? Wow. <laughs> it was okay. Strong it was words. okay. Before, okay. I'm actually hold on. The, yeah, go hold ahead. On. I got to at least mention the movie. Everyone name. goes, what the hell are we talking about? Uh, what we're talking about is Turning Red. I'm going to cede the floor to you. Cody. Evan's, lady, Evan's, Evan's animated Ladybird. Why was, why was this, I mean, I get, I get the, the reference, but why to you was this movie not good? I don't know. It's just giant red panda was weird. So it's... I'll admit going into it, seeing the trailers, it was like, oh yeah, this, this seems like a stretch even for Pixar. Like, you know, their movies are generally like, oh, what if toys were alive? What if cars were alive? And this one's like, what if a girl turned into a panda? Like, what if a boy watched a movie in 1995? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. And like, I, I get it. But then you watch this movie and it is such a brilliant allegory in multiple levels, right? Um, I would assume most people have seen Turning Red at this point. Um, performances are awesome. But this is a movie that is basically like, uh, there's an allegory for uh, puberty for young women like that is a really interesting element of it um there's also an allegory for you know first second generation americans too like that feel like they can't you know be themselves in a in a world where they're living in sort of under the culture of their own own parents like i think this movie has so much to offer in all of these different directions plus like the music in it that's just fucking bops right like we're talking about like <laughs> who the 90s who says four band. it's four it's town right bop. four town yeah why are they called four town if there's five of them cody but that doesn't matter the point is this film also does take place in toronto but it, it sure does not america <laughs> so good it's just like um i i just think that this is uh emotionally really beautiful and and like even if you don't want to dig into any of the allegory even if you don't want to dig into anything beyond it it's like it it comes to a point at the end where it's about you know choosing to be yourself and choosing to suppress yourself and those decisions are individualistic and i actually think this is one of the best pixar movies uh in general uh definitely the best one since toy story 4 i know those two movies are uh kind of my you know two years ago (laughs) but uh yeah no really i think a brilliant movie what what do you think zach i so i actually i like turning red a lot um not why is it not in your top 10 then zach uh i think it's like 18 it might be my top sandra O rocks in it too she's great yeah Yeah. Um, i'm gonna throw you under the bus zach Returning I, red I, is no, number twenty-one. I, is number twenty. Oh wow! Okay, so I said right. twenty, and it's twenty-one. You said eighteen. <laughs> you just said eighteen. Now you're getting like a hundred movies. Yeah, send me to the gallows. Yeah. All right. Uh, no, I, I, I really uh, enjoyed turning red. I had some issues with it. I thought that some of the like emotional payoffs at the end, especially with Sandra O's character. Thank you. Oh, it's like she kind of got shafted a little bit. Oh, I, I disagree. Um, I think you should watch it again. Yeah. How many times have you seen it? I've seen it twice, and. Funnily enough, that is what you said to me the exact time. I, the first time we had this conversation after I watched it, you know. So this is, this is a man came. coming back with a second viewing, basically. Oh, man. Yeah. Nah. No, that, I mean, literally, the first time I watched it, because this this is one, honestly, so Turning Red did get robbed. It should have been in theaters. It, it was really a directed. It was a Pixar movie of the year. Absolutely, sure. yeah. It went direct to streaming on Disney Plus. Um, so after I watched it on Disney Plus, 
I was, you know, talking off air with Evan about it and we had the exact same conversation where I was like, I feel like Sandro got shafted and he's like, watch it again. I don't think so. I watched it again and I was like, I still have the same problem, but I see where you're coming from. Um, It is a great movie and I I love Maylin. I love Four Town. I like, I like Turning Red. It is, you know, among the better Pixar, I think. Yeah. Uh, Not quite my favorite. Um, and not, I am not necessarily as enraptured with it as, as Evan here. I do want to come back to animated ladybird. I think that's such <laughs> I, a funny, I like, get it to an extent because it's a conflict between mother and daughter. That's to an extent, but, that's but such like a thin, I feel like that's is, a little thin. Is. So let me tell a story. Um, oh, after I watched God. this movie for the first time, I adored it. I went, uh, out to a bar with a group of friends, uh, former coworkers. I want to be clear. Cody is not the person I'm speaking about here. Um, this, this person was like, you know, is this your way of telling I, me we don't want to be friends anymore? I saw turning red and I was like, I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was one of the best movies of the year. And he was like, you know, it's, it's good, but why can't we make any more? animated movies for young boys (laughs) (laughs) and like i was like what so anyway i mean good news a young boy watched a movie in 1995 (laughs) (laughs) this is that movie uh that brings me to my number four light year sucks so bad Code Lightyear is Cody's number one of the year, just to spoil the whole yeah. proceedings. Lightyear's your animated ad astra. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. It's true though. But uh yeah. Alright, fair enough. I, I I'll just I'll I'll say this. You're right. Turning turning red is better than Lightyear. And let's just agree on that. Uh it's I think it's my fifth favorite Pixar movie, so I mean Brilliant, brilliant film, I think. Well, it's your fifth favorite movie of the year, so it only makes sense. We're making it to the end, boys, where everything could be number one, but we had to make those tough decisions between one and four. So, number four. Zach, I'm sorry, we have to skip you again. No, wait. The first time, the first skip, actually. This is the... It's all with your number five again? My number five was Decision to Leave. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah, It's all been about Evan, so, you know... We're done with that. Has so. it? <laughs> well, we have to skip all your... Well, you're right. We skipped all your movies. So, Zach, you know what? I'm just trying to make this equal podcast, so we're going to skip it now. <laughs> uh, first off, my number four, which is important here, because I've been... Yeah, you got to like stay ahead of us. This is where the quarrels start. Uh, mine still sits at the Batman, dude. I Come like on. the Batman. What is wrong with the Batman? Um, Where's the Batman on your list? Uh, like 31, maybe? <laughs> 45 okay. for me. 45. Out of how many movies? 130. Okay, let's... Batman your... is number 30 for me. Out of 85. Okay, see, that's in your top half. The Batman's in my top half. It's what? it's in everyone's top half, but okay. Okay. not in our top 10s. You guys just... It is what it is, all right? DC finally made a decent Something enough in movie. the way. And we should applaud that. Okay, good job, DC. You did it. Did you I'm not sorry. watch the Suicide I'm... Squad last year? I did watch Suicide Squad last year. That was pretty good. Uh, this reminds me, Henry Cavill. I'm sorry that you're out as uh, Superman and The Witcher. Which are you? Now, I, I don't now, know. I, what? 
<laughs> All right. That's my number four. I'm sticking to it because uh, it is what it is. I don't even remember the Batman, to be honest with you, but it's my number four. A <laughs> uh, number four that Evan has to remember because I feel like he just saw this yesterday, which because I definitely wasn't there the other day when he said uh, You can't list. use my number four because... So the oh. thing with our number fours is they're both ones that are going to come up later. Okay, I'll, I'll just keep going. I'll, I'll go to my number three because we can't even talk about Zach's number three because it's yeah. higher on Evan's list. And mine's higher on his list. And his higher on his list. Man, this is getting complicated. Isn't it? Shit. Now you know the, the struggle of being the host. He likes <sighs> that way. All right, well, my number three is Top Gun Maverick. It was a fun freaking that's film. You know, I don't even, I'm not even mad about that. Yeah, that's pretty good. Wow, Three okay. is high, but I, I'm not mad. Well, it's my top third movie, so I've only seen, I bet you your Top Gun Mavericks and your top third of movies too. So. It oh, certainly is. is. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Top so. Gun missed my list by nine. It was, um. It is high up there. there. Yeah. So. Mine's 14, so yeah. <laughs> I think it was relative, uh, pretty similar spaces for, uh. Zach and I. Excellent movie. Cool. It, it, a lot of fun to see. All, all right. right. You're not the host. Get out of here. I, we're both saying all right. I, <laughs> yeah, you were saying all right because right, you're about to go with your movie and say about it. And this is my job. Well, okay? it's going to be my movie because uh, Zach's comes up. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. You host. You're right. It is going to be your movie because Zach's other ones are higher and blah, 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 so on and so forth. Hit That's the road. Right. Hit the road. I, you were adamant about me seeing this movie at some point earlier in the year, too. I feel like you said I had to see this one as well. So does that still ring true? Hit the road. So I know this is a movie Zach wanted to see. And this is actually one I'm uniquely equipped to talk about today because uh, Anna and I just finished watching it today. Um, Cody, I think you'd love this movie. It is uh, Iranian uh, Panah Panahi's debut film uh he is the son of jafar pahani's uh who is um one of the most uh prolific uh and celebrated iranian filmmakers in history uh for criticizing the government of iran uh jafar pahani has been banned for making films uh for 30 years uh yet in that time he has made i think five or six films uh so his son his debut feature is uh, is a road trip film about a family who is trying to get their oldest son to the uh, Turkish border of Iran. And it's never really exactly clear why the implication, at least in my mind, is that the, um, the son is gay and he's being arrested and persecuted by the government. The family's posted bail by uh, putting up their house get him out there and this all sounds very bleak but it's a very very funny movie one of the best child performances of the year uh it's just the way the family talks to each other they're they're cursing at each other they're fed up with the shenanigans uh of each other and then in the last half hour you get this brilliant five minute scene um just focused on the dad and uh oldest son sort of you know this dad has been cold and callous and upset with this whole process but it's just like the ultimate act of love that he has decided to move and uproot his life to have his uh his son escape from iran and it, it is um 
I think one of the funniest movies of the year until it's one of the most devastating movies of the year. Really, I, I, I think, I think both of you, neither of you have seen it. I really, I really think both of you would love it a lot. It, uh, moved me to a, uh, like an incredible degree. I watched it at Sundance, um, for the first time. Wasn't it AFI? Might have been AFI. Oh yeah, you're right. It was AFI. AFI. It was AFI. Yes. Um, movie that really brought me to tears and just, Again, one of the funniest movies of the year. I, I just am astonished that it is a uh, debut. Something we're going to talk about uh, with my number four movie of the year and uh, Zach's number one later on. Anything Oilers. that can bring Evan to tears is definitely in my top ten since I can't do it. Except Turning Red, apparently. Hey, Ad Astra brought me to tears. So <laughs> uh, Turning Red did actually too. I I do cry when I watch Turning Red. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Um. No, Hit the Road has been on my list since AFI last year when I was unable to make it. So you had a whole um, year, Zach. What what, what it, happened? It's just been a difficult one to to. It's not as accessible, you know. It's on something where yeah. Now have, like, now, now it is, yeah. and it was playing at a local art house theater for a little while, but I just never made the time to get down there. Definitely, at, you know, high praise from Evan. So that's always on my radar. Um, and something I do want to watch. Maybe I'll watch it before the end of the year. I hope you or do. at least, you know, it's, it's definitely one I want to get to. Cody, you, you think you'll watch it? There's a lot of movies. I feel like I want to watch. Just, I'm with Zach finding the time to do it. <laughs> There's other movies I want to see first. There's Banshee movies. One of them actually over. Yes. Europe, so. Banshees rocks. I, I just love it. I just love how you're like, I don't want to be friends anymore. Uh, all right. We're we're in the nitty gritty here. We're into the top threes. We're here where I feel like every actually I've seen two of these movies now that are in your guys's wow. of all the movies I've seen, which is minimal, two of them. And one of them he's pissed about. <laughs> <laughs> one of them I'm very pissed about. Uh so we are on number well, number twos. Number twos. God, I'm lost here. Yeah, no, number two. Uh, I think it's me now. Right, we're, we're, we did threes. Um, you yeah. use your number three. Well, I guess you can go first. Too. It, it, this one can go to either of us because both of our number twos were on each other's list earlier, but we moved because now it's uh they're higher. So you can you can decide who you want to go first here. Yeah. So Zach can do his number three. Um, well, but yeah, number two. Evan's you, already you talked, so we're gonna pick Zach. And this is where I'm just seating at the. Oh, Cody, here. give your number two. I can't. Wait, what was your number three? Where have you been, bro? I've literally talked about this. What was it? Maverick. Oh, that's that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, number two. What's your number two? I can't tell my number two because it's your number one. So I can't even. Uh, You can still say it. It's fine. All right, my number two is the Fablemans. It's a good movie. That's my number three. Which is what we're about to talk about, isn't it? No, no, uh, this is my number two. We skipped three because it's your one. Fair enough. Everyone um, listening is just making a fucking diagram right now. Like, yeah. okay, wait, hold on. Zach's <laughs> number two. Here's ring. It's all Charlie Days out there. <laughs> um, yes. So my number two of the year, which actually was my number one until yesterday. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yes. It. It. Cody's number one. <laughs> one of my one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, I saw it in theaters four times. Get to um, the movies, Zach. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, directed by the Daniels. Um, 
this is such an incredible movie and I think so relevant. Uh, it is the story of um, Evelyn uh, Wang, uh, played by Michelle Yeoh. Um, sort of a, not, not, like, not like apathetic, but someone who's feeling stagnant in their life. She feels disconnected from her husband and her daughter, uh, played by Kihei Kwan and uh, Stephanie Hsu, respectively. Um, until one day at the IRS, she is visited by a being from another dimension who needs her help to save the multiverse. Also her husband. <laughs> yes. Who is a version of her husband from that dimension. Uh, and it is just an incredible film. Uh, super stylish, like really sleek, like Matrix 2000s kind of stuff, you know, like how revolutionary that movie was for action filmmaking. I feel like this is like in that same, you know, uh, in that same conversation of, of today, so much, so much fun to watch. And despite how much is going on, maintains an emotional through line that pays off so brilliantly at the really? end. Um, one of, one of my favorite movies of the year, uh, just an incredible, incredible film. Right. This is my number six of the year. Uh, one of the ones we skipped to move forward here. Um, it is. It is uh, in the same vein as Hit the Road, in that it is uh, deeply funny. Like it, the the humor <laughs> in this movie is just incredible. And then by the end, you're in tears and you don't even realize it. It's just like it's quite a magic trick. It, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, also, I think has a spiritual co- connection to like Turning Red in the in the sense of like a mother daughter conflict. Um, also, like, I, I don't know, coming of age uh, for Stephanie Sue's character. Um, Joy. Joy. It's just really incredible. I love it a lot. Um, wasn't in the top, top tier, but this is a movie I saw. I've seen a couple times, a few times, actually, maybe three or four times now. And every time it gets me at the end. Yeah, it's it just... really is. Cody, do you do you want to add you you this is a movie you've seen, this is a movie you love, your favorite movie of the year, right? It was. It was my favorite, and so, I don't think so it's tell changed. us about why. I think it's uh it's the emotional roller coaster, right? You're just it's so funny and it's so entertaining, and I love the spin on it from like because like the biggest thing was like, oh, it takes place in the Marvel universe, and everyone's just like well, at least for me, it's just like, oh, fuck, Marvel again. It does not and take place in the Marvel It, it is a multiverse well, It's a multiverse thing. thing so. That doesn't mean it takes place in the Marvel universe. I replaced it. It doesn't matter. But it, you're right. I, Evan hit it on the nail with, you know, just mentioning that it's like you're laughing throughout most of this movie and it's, and it's very entertaining. And then in the last 10, 15 minutes, you're just like, you are. You're in tears. You're just like, what the fuck just happened? And I'm like, why am I now sad or like happy, like happy sad or whatever it is. It like really, in that moment. It, yeah, and it, it really does this. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Cody. If you, if you have more to add, but it really does this incredible like sleight of hand where we're so focused, like we're we're very much in the shoes of Evelyn, you know, as our as our protagonist. But and as the movie reveals, her viewpoint is is sort of flawed and when when she has a realization of like what's actually important and what what she's been blind to that's right in front of her um we're we're sort of come to the same revelation and it is it's devastating in the moment um and so cathartic by the end uh i think 
if you if you are someone who hasn't seen this movie yet or maybe you you saw this movie later in the year this is one that we talked about uh, on an episode towards the beginning of the year when it was when it was in theaters and and I think in an episode where we had a really good conversation about the movie that you know we don't have necessarily the time to go into again here but certainly just one of I think all of our all of our favorites of of the year um so so good yeah, I think that's a very good point that is not anything to do with the movie is we did do a whole episode about this uh, film. So I was on worth, it. worth checking out. I was on it. So definitely check it out. Any podcast I'm on, check it out. The other ones. Eh, not whatever. many these days. Whatever. <laughs> you know what? I'll do what I can, Evan. Okay. I I'm here. It. I'm here for the people. He's here okay? today. And that's I'm what we here respect. for the people. All right. Well, Evan. Oh God! Oh my God, dude! I don't even. You know what? Just explain to me. Just explain yes. to me. Explain to me why I should give two shits about Let's after you get it. All right, dude. It's in the first five minutes why you should give a shit about after Yang. That's the oh, only yeah, so five minutes exactly I like. Is how dumb it was. It was just like ah, oh, there's a little dance scene, and then okay, it was Cody, like, give give me a review of after Yang. The Let's title sequence it. of after Yang is it's absolutely brilliant. yes, it's so good. Yeah. It's about like his connection to the family. It's uh-huh. about like him taking photos with the family, and then he malfunctions in this like brilliant dance sequence. Like, <laughs> you didn't like that? Sure. No, uh, I didn't. Man. I I didn't like this movie, man. I you don't. Know? I don't understand why. Because this, this Colin is a movie... Farrell in The Gentleman is better than Colin Farrell in <laughs> After. So Colin Farrell in The Gentleman is mildly racist, <laughs> and in this movie, he's not. So. <laughs> I think that, that doesn't that mean he's is, better. That's actually not true. He is a little bit racist in this movie. Is he? Yeah, he doesn't like oh, clones. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't right. like clones. <laughs> um, See? See? That's fair. That's fair. Thank you, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> Clifton's Colin Jr. Uh, unproblematic hero. Uh, yeah, no, this this movie is... It's just slow. It's like incredible. so slow. Why? I don't know how you can say that. I, I, I mean, really don't think it's slow at all. It's it's about the power of Mitski's music, first and foremost. In, yes. But like just as a film itself, um Yeah, so to set the stage for everyone else, um, I don't think we've talked about this on the podcast before. Uh it's it's about this family, uh a couple that adopts a daughter from China. And so they buy this uh, robot, this robot brother. This is set in the near future, uh, who is able to tell her, you know, fun facts from China and, you know, be able to watch over her. And it's this fascinating idea of like, who, what is family, what is, you know, human, what is not. And uh, it's it's about this family that's like sort of grappling with the loss of a robot. Like when this robot malfunctions, it's what do we do now? Like not just what do we do, but like this person was a part of our family. Is it a person? Is it a robot? Like how how do we grapple with this? And I think the ideas presented in this film are really interesting in and of itself. And then just just the idea of self and the idea of I, I I don't know. I thought this movie was brilliant. What what did you think? This is a movie that made your your list as well. Yeah, this is my number four. four yes, my number four after Yang. Um, 
I just rewatched this one again last night because I wanted to revisit it. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything you just said is only the tip of the iceberg. Of course, this movie is incredible and it's only it comes in at like 96 minutes and the world that Koganada, you know i mean this is an adapted story but have the you wo- seen columbus no oh my god both of you need to see columbus but the world that that Koganada has managed to create and the sort of implied depth yes. of 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 the world that they exist in is so dense agreed um you said the near future off the top but it's like it is the near, I guess you can say it's the near future. I, I but, viewed it as like a hundred years maybe in the future. Sure. Like that. But the, the, the world that they live in is, is so incredibly different. And like the technologies that they have, um, you know, Yang himself is what's called like a techno sapien. So not quite a robot, but like an advanced intelligence. Right. Um, and really it's, it's funny because the absence of of yang after after oh yang God, yes really shows our our character's own lack of humanity in some ways and like what you would expect how a robot to be a you know a robot would be disconnected from humanity sometimes we are too and really the the galaxy size hole now they're in their lives that that this and and that's the thing with Koganata, right? So if you watch um, Columbus, this is a movie that is about buildings in a city in um, Illinois, and it's not Columbus, I think, Ohio. I think it's no, it's not Columbus, <laughs> Ohio. It's uh, Columbus. I think Illinois. It might be Iowa. Hmm. I can't remember exactly, but it's it's a small town. These buildings and it, and they serve as like the overbearing figures of what's going on but in this movie as well it's like like he said it's after yang and so yang took up so much of the space in this house like he was in these hallways he was there communicating and so much of this movie is just empty space it's an empty hallway it's an empty room it's an like it it is this brilliant encapsulation of what this space is without one of its integral members and um i don't know this this is a movie that really cut me to my core um in a way that not a lot of movies did this year i cannot i cannot overstate how efficient it is like the, the, yes how much this movie conveys in the runtime that it does is is incredible every single character um you have of course colin farrell jody turner smith is his best wife. performance of his career in my mind um i think he's a his second he has, best he has a little bit more range in banshees like he's he's got a little bit more to do but i think like, he's doing more in this movie it's a it's a subtler performance for sure nobody's yeah. doing anything in this movie. but <laughs> it, 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 you know why the, are we wrong cody <laughs> huh why are we wrong you, you know i god it's one of those movies i haven't seen in forever as well so it's just i just remember being bored out of my mind you gave me this was one of those the second of the two movies you actually gave me for that Sundance Festival. I'm not here to throw you under the bus so that Sundance doesn't give you Stop another... Stop saying this. <laughs> I know. Well, you asked me. Now I'm going to throw you under the bus. You know? This one, this one is on, Zach, is on if this showtime is, now? Zach, mm-hmm. if this is the tip of the iceberg, then I must have been on the Titanic because I went down with the ship when I watched <laughs> this movie. Watch That's it again. Really watch weird, it again. Uh, I mean... Way to say that, but sure. Every, everybody, every character here has an arc. Um... And it's it's of course Colin Farrell is our is our main character that we follow for most of the movie, 
who's kind of this guy who's averse to technology. He runs like in a tea shop that doesn't have the latest like tea crystals and all this stuff. But then by the end, he comes to appreciate, you know, what, what Yang was where he didn't before. And, you know, like I said, Jody Turner Smith, and I don't remember the girl who, who plays their daughter, Mika, but she's also incredible in this. And she is, you know, her experiencing her first loss with the loss of her older brother, quote unquote, just a beautiful movie. And it's 90 minutes. Just right. Come on, watch yeah, it. Yeah, I really do think that Zach hit a lot of those points. Like this is a movie where you're you're looking at it and you're not thinking about like the technological advances or anything. You're just looking at like the humanity of it all. It's um, I think it's brilliant. Uh, I'm not going to argue. I'm just not here to argue. I don't need to argue. We just need to, just like this podcast, there's three hosts, one, two, three. So Evan, just like our ratings for this film, where this is your number one, my number two, and Zach's number three. Not that that's the order of which all of us are appreciated on this podcast, because we all know that I'm number one. Uh, if you I, hadn't said that, hell yeah. <laughs> if you hadn't said that, that wouldn't have been hey, on anyone's mind. I get to be number one here. No, 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 I just said you're not number one, Evan. Okay, don't don't you think for a minute that you're the number one on this podcast because it takes a collective group effort for this podcast to be number one in all our listeners. But you hearts. said you're number two, so I I just think yeah, anyway, first first matter. the worst, second the best. Anyway, the movie is the Fablemans. Um, and so I, I don't know. I have a lot to say about the Fablemans. I think it's interesting because I am not like a Steven you guys didn't Spielberg. Do an episode on this one. We, we we're it's, waiting uh, for you. It's in the archive. It, it may be a bonus episode. Yeah, we, we it was uh, it was tough to publish. But anyway, uh, the, the Fablemans. I'm not a Steven Spielberg acolyte in the least. I guess I, I don't know. Like E.T., I like. Um, Jurassic Park, Jaws. Jurassic Park. So I'll say Jurassic Park and Raiders of Lost Ark are movies that I'm like, I hold in very high esteem. But, you know, like E.T. is good. Jaws is good. I, I've never been one that's like Steven Spielberg, man. Like he is the director that like did it for me. Um, especially because his recent work, you know, uh, even... Um, I know you're not about to slander Ready Player One. I am about to slander <laughs> Ready Player One. That that was one of the slander ones. But uh, West Side Story, even his remake, I think is good. But I think Ready, uh, not Ready Player One, uh, West Side Story is a good example for my issue with Steven Spielberg in, in recent memory is that he's remaking something where the character work is brilliant. And turning it into something where the cinematography is brilliant, but the character work kind of falls to the side. And this movie, The Fablemans, for me, is where it all comes together, right? Like, it's Steven Spielberg's brilliant cinematography. He he has always, in everything he's done, had uh, talent for, like, placing the camera in a certain place or anything like that. And I think The Fablemans captures that. But it's also the personal relationship. And um, I don't know, the criticism of this movie has been that it's, you know, self-serving. It's um, 
cocky. It's it's all these things. But I really think that this is a movie where he is really examining his early life and seeing the ways in which that he that uh, his obsession with cinema has uh, shut him off from his family and shut him off from opportunities and shut and, and like I I think that's brilliant that like if you have a talent for something that if you have a calling for something, you have to pursue it at all costs. And sometimes that cost is the cost of your family. And sometimes that's the cost of, you know, like your relationships. And this is a movie for me that I have never felt such an emotion from a Spielberg movie. Uh, I mean, a Schindler's Schindler's list, I, I guess accepted, but I don't know, Zach, this is a movie that's on your list. Cody, this is a movie that's on your list. Yeah, uh, I love this movie. Um, definitely, again, I'm talking about the, any of these last movies that we've been talking about could have been number one for me. Yeah. They're all that close. Fablemans is one I watched in theaters, right? I, I went to go see it. Blew me away. I went back the next day to watch it again. because it's just as good, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you, I think you even get a little bit more out of it on rewatch. You can uh, pay a little bit more attention to some pivotal scenes. Um I th- I think that any a criticism in terms of calling this like self-serving or, you know, narcissistic or anything like that. I think that's a little bit shallow. Uh this movie is really like a movie lovers movie. Um the story the the story of Sammy Fableman, young young Spielberg, it's mm-hmm. so good and really talks about like you mentioned what sacrifices it might take to become one of the greats and like someone who's truly passionate about art and what that, what the cost is of that, you know, uh, that's one of the best scenes in the movie when he's talking with his uncle, um, played by by judge Hirsch. Um, and yeah, Spielberg undeniably is a master of staging and where to place the camera. So I think that's a great point in that, like, again, we've gotten Armageddon time, which I think is very good um belfast which i think is not that good um empire of light which i don't think either of us have seen no but has gotten you know tempered reviews like spielberg is one of the few directors that feels like he has earned the right to immortalize himself in this kind of movie and I, i i works because in the same way that like roma works because he's not you know, aggrandizing himself, you know, he comes in and he's saying like this obsession of mine with film has cost me so many things. I don't even think it's that. I don't even think it's that right. Like it it feels so impersonal is not the right word, but more like it's more humble than that as like, like with Roma, right. Um, Alfonso Cuaron is not even a character in that movie. Barely, he he's the youngest son, but he like yeah appears. It's about yeah, it's about the housekeeper. Um, and in this, it's a it's more about almost the power of movies. Um, mm-hmm. in itself, you know the the movie starts with Sam Fieldman seeing his first movie on the big screen with his parents. Yes, and the impression the that that show on earth. Yeah, the impression that that put on him and set him on this path and then you know in the last in in the final act really shows how what he can do um with the camera uh and and prop up his his bully and make him seem like this incredible one of the best 
scenes in all of the films that I've seen this year. Yeah, absolutely. This confrontation they have in, in the, in the hallway, um, where he's saying like, you know, this guy who's been, who's been bullying him since he came to this new high school is like, how, you know, how and why did you make me look like that with a camera? Um, and it's something that even he doesn't necessarily grasp of how and why he can do it. It's just a natural born talent. Yeah. Brilliant. I, and I, I think that um, th- it really is sort of like that part of the genius of this of this movie is he's not really it's not it's not like it's not self-promoting in any way. It's it's more this is the impact that movies had on me. And it's a testament to like the power of film itself and, and, and beyond film storytelling. Cody, any anything to add? I I have you guys pretty much in everything. I my favorite scene for sure that won me over, like before like this movie, like every scene like won me over after like thinking back on it. But the the scene you're right with the uncle and stuff was like holy really good. shit. I was yeah. like, this is it. This is the movie, baby. And uh yeah, it just kind of captured from there and it's like a risk reward thing, right? What are you willing to risk to you know, he risked his family in this essence for making. Yeah, what are you willing to sacrifice to, to and, pursue uh, your talent? Sure, I, and, and you know, and we haven't even talked about Paul Dano in this movie, who's <clears throat> incredible. I agree, um, Michelle and Michelle Williams. Williams. Yeah, th- yeah, like those performances too are are amazing. Yeah, an incredible film. Yeah, and I don't think uh, you said criticism on like being self centered and stuff. I don't know. I find it like really fascinating that you know a very self-proclaimed director throughout the years and, and some of the, obviously the best movies like ever in in culture and stuff that have come from him and stuff i have no problem with him like trying to make a movie about like hey this is what i gave up this is i know it's not all true and and, and whatnot but to come from his eyes especially like I just find stuff like that very fascinating. It's like he had every creative decision to be made in this yeah. movie about something that obviously was in essence his life. So stuff like that is just I, I I do tend to lean towards that stuff when it comes to movies. And one of the reasons I think I, I really fell in love with this movie as it is as well. So yeah, I enjoyed this a lot. So no quarrels here, Evan, being your number one. Thank you. All right, Zach. You know what? We've made it. Final movie. We've made it. You've held your breath long enough in anticipation and maybe just lingered a little too long. But hey, if you stuck around this long, you might as well listen to Zach's number one. Our number one podcast host, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. At least over (laughs) Evan. Everyone Uh, voted for this and that was new. (laughs) Best new host. Best new host host of 2022. (laughs) Uncontested. Zach, Bri- Brian us. is seething. <laughs> <laughs> tell us about after. That's Zach. the best guest. Wasn't host. Brian? Wasn't Brian on the, in an episode of the season? Yeah, we talked yeah. about the Warriors and, and uh, mean, mean Girls. girls. Yeah, he was the best uh, guest. On Cody, the what's the movie? I just said it. I said Zach, talk about After Sun. But you guys want to keep lingering on? Yeah. Do you think Cody would like After Sun? Hmm. That'd be I tough. really don't know that he I, would. I, well, explain it, really, it to me. It explain really depends. Explain think, how I dethroned everything, everywhere, all at once, Zach. Is your I think okay, just really, yesterday. Yeah, let me get into this. Let me get into this. I don't know what our runtime is at right now, but we're a about lot. to Who double cares? it. We're about double, to double. Oh, yeah. Hold on. Hold Listen, on. 
Okay, so thank yes. you, ladies and gentlemen. As as I it. said as I said earlier when we were talking about everything, everywhere, all at once, that movie was my number one until yesterday. Almost unseatable. Like I think Zach was saying that any movie could be anywhere in his top six, but I feel like this is undisputed number one. Oh yeah, yeah, this is definitely um absolutely undisputed number one. But like I said. Everything Everywhere All at Once was a movie that I saw four times in theaters, told everyone I know, like, please watch this movie. This is so incredible. After Sun I, it has been on my radar, um, you know, done the rounds on like, literally recommended by me in the film, last, uh, film Twitter. And yeah, you told me that you, you had seen it, uh, in theaters. Um, and I think it released in the UK earlier than it did here. So I, how'd you, you know, watch it? Seen some buzz. Uh, I just bought it on, okay. on Amazon. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Okay. So after Sun, uh, directed by Charlotte Wells, debut debut film. Yes. This is this is her directorial debut. Yeah. Uh, starring uh Paul Paul Mescal, um, famous for Normal People and, and dating Phoebe Phoebe Bridgers, being engaged and then uh, yeah. apparently breaking up. Who knows? <laughs> yes. And then uh, Francesca Corio is plays his daughter. Uh, well, the child version of his daughter. Um, after Sun, much like Banshees of Sharon. The plot of this sounds really simple on the surface. It is um the the daughter's name is Sophie. So we're looking we're with an adult Sophie who is looking at some home videos of a mm-hmm. holiday she went on with her dad, played by Paul Mescal. Um who was very clearly not in her life much. Uh when she was eleven, they went to Turkey um yeah. on, on this holiday, just the two of them. And it is a mix of, you know, home video, like uh, handheld, handheld, like Canon cam kind of footage and and just their their experiences on this holiday day to day. They're staying at this hotel. Um, you know, they they are by the pool. Uh, there's a lot of activities. So there's like an arcade, there's pool tables, um, there's excursions that they go on, like, a, you know, a snorkeling trip. Um, they go to you know like uh, the healing kind of mud pool kind of thing. They're they're just on vacation together, and they're spending these days together. And you see the intricacies of their relationship. Um, and there's a lot of subtlety here, and unspoken things, and subtext. Yep. Um, and just questions that like Sophie asks that a child would ask, but speak to something so much larger that as adults you're you're completely and maybe even in some cases hyper aware of things and situations and nuances that exist between relationships uh or in relationships between adults and especially adults who have been romantically involved or have Mm -hmm. children together that are just like basic questions right um and this this endearing relationship between father and daughter is on display uh, and this is a movie that is absolutely a slow, slow, slow burn. Yes. For, for not your your cup of tea, Cody. Maybe who knows? Th- th- this movie again is another one that clocks in around ninety six minutes. You know, not Packs even a punch. yeah, not even you know one hundred and twenty minutes, not even two hours. Uh, and for the first eighty minutes, I would say that. There are some things going on here and the way that the movie is edited and intercut between when you jump to Sophie's adult life and, and her memories as a child yeah. that maybe raise some questions or are like, huh, that's strange. Like how, you know, what, why, why is this or why is that? But it's really the last 10 minutes as this vacation comes to an end 
that is such an emotional rug pull. Yep. It is very much like punching you in the gut with this realization of what has happened between them. Yep. Um, that recontextualizes the entire first 80 minutes to something that is so, so heartbreaking. And in a sense, like, true to life that that these like situations exist and and relationships between children and parents and co-parents completely deteriorate or mm-hmm. disintegrate altogether and it, it is just absolutely brutal uh what you know how this how this movie ends and it's not even anything necessarily spoken or or displayed in an overt way it is such a subtle ending but makes its message so clear yeah i don't know that i have anything to add on to what zach said i mean obviously like his relationship to this movie is very intense in in the sense that it isn't for me um it was my fourth favorite movie of the year i i think it's brilliant one of the ways that I've described it as sort of like a neutral observer is like a coming of age story um, on two fronts, right? Like it's about the daughter who is coming of age. She literally is. She's, you know, 13 or whatever. She's 11. She's 11. 11 and yeah. she is, you know, growing up in front of our eyes. And then also the father who is turning 31. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something like that, who you know, was not ready to have a kid and he's, he's, you know, trying his best to connect this to his daughter, but like also he's trying to live his own life and it's sort of him coming into his own terms as himself. And so I don't think it's exactly a, uh, you know, parallel coming of age story, but like, I think that that's not the worst way of describing it. I don't know if, if you disagree. No, I don't disagree at all. That's absolutely like, you know, a pretty straightforward reading of the film. Yeah. You have, you know, uh, Paul Muscal's character, Calm, um, is his sort of arc is much more understated, mm-hmm. given that Sophie's the central protagonist here. Uh, but yeah, absolutely for her, um, it's a, it is a coming of age story. It's a coming story. of age for her. But I, I do think for Calum it is as well. Like it's him, like, you know, trying to be the father that he can be in. And this is just a person at least in my mind that, you know, had a child when he wasn't really fully ready to take care of himself even. And it's, it's this idea of like, I have to be there for my daughter when I can't even be there for myself. And I think that is fully encapsulated in a scene. There's, there's a scene in this movie where he is sitting in the hotel room, just crying to himself. And it is, is brutal. This is a movie that um, I, really really loved and the rawness of it for me was incredible um yeah you can tell this is like deeply personal to yes to the director um another some something you know autobiographical i'm sure sure um given how deft the hand is that that's guiding the story um and yes there the brilliance of this movie, not only its emotional core and this relationship between father and daughter, but just really how much is shown and not told in the, in just the most, in, in like the clearest way. Yep. Um, that, that 
the scene that you're talking about where he's sobbing in the hotel room is six seconds long. It is it is not long at all. It's very much like But it feels it. It oh, it is devastating in the moment given what happened the night before. But it is like yeah, th- th- these these moments again, it's it's such efficient storytelling and and the power of a camera. Um and and again, his his story is so much more understated. Uh, absolutely, the what you're talking about of how he he wasn't ready to have this responsibility. Yep, he doesn't know what he's he can't doing take care of himself. He's sort of floundering. Yep. He's trying his best. All of that is present, and it's never explicitly stated. And he never, except in one, he doesn't try to let his daughter know. But in like, one, he's yeah, struggling. In and, one instance, yeah, yep. where where he definitely makes like a very clear mistake which is the scene in which he should come up and yeah. and sing karaoke with her <laughs> yes yeah. yeah yes uh other than that he is yeah he, he really is shielding her from from what his in sort of internal turmoil uh and she's just having sort of a normal childhood at that point where she's like yeah. you know discovering romance and wanting sort of yearning to be older you know which is i think but the brilliance of this movie is that like it also portrays like her as her father's age she's 30 turning 31 and reminiscing about like where her father was at that time you know like i i think that is a, a critical part of this movie is that like her as an adult appears in this movie and it is her coming to the same general milestone as her father was at that point and sort of seeing like the good and the bad and trying to reconcile with like her childhood. She's a mother at that point in, uh, in the future and trying yeah. to, you know, figure out like, what Which is, is you like, know, what should I do? What shouldn't I do? It's, it's really, uh, it, it's and scintillating. It, that's the whole, re- I mean, the, the majority of this movie is spent with with Sophie in her adolescence and and Callum, you know, uh, as as her father. And these cutaways that we get to adult Sophie are are very short, mm-hmm. but they say so much. Just like you said, I think that really gives you know that we we get these glimpses into her life about why she's revisiting this in the first place, um, and trying to sort of ascertain some sort of meaning mm-hmm. because I think ultimately what what she's reckon what she's reckoning with is is his absence in her life after this after this point after but, son but i think in general like i i don't know i think like that that is a uh we we took this trip but like he wasn't in my life before or after this you know like we had these trips together but it wasn't the the entirety you know like this wasn't this was somebody that and and I think especially in this instance, right? Like she is very clearly in a similar age range to him in in the flashbacks uh, versus the present, and she's got her own child in this in this point, and she's just trying to see like my father, like what was he going through at this point? And I think it takes a great degree of you know 
reflection and um, restraint to be able to portray someone in that light and like look at someone who wasn't really a huge part of your life and to be able to say like this person who I didn't know to the degree that I wish that I would have was going through so much and was going through all of this. Like, I think it is a very uh, generous viewing of that relationship. Like, yes, absolutely. I mean, yeah. there, there is a lot of um, sort of like forlornness about this lost relationship. Yep. Um, anger and grace, like, like you're yep. saying, grace is the best word for it. And, uh, it I, I, it is it it is incredible how much is in this movie given how long it is the these the the storytelling and the cutaways and like when we move from you know child to adult and back is so impactful and really the way that it's the way that it's shown and the way that it's edited it, it's almost like dreamlike sequences. Yep. Or you know, almost hallucinations. Even um, you, you get this this location of like a, it's like a nightclub or like you know where there's like some like a like a strobe light going off, and you see you see Callum you know dancing sort of between the past and the present, feverishly and and almost as if as if you know it was like a rave or something. Yep. Um, with no regard of what's going on around him at all, and an adult Sophie sort of confronting him. And it's not apparent because there's such quick flashes for most of the film and not to spoil exactly what the ending is, but the end. Zach, absolutely. Zach, just spoil it. You've already explained the whole movie. No, you don't do it. No, it. Not a lot of people oh, have seen this movie. Yeah, I, I, by I the way, I'm still here, guys. Don't worry. So, so that was what I was going to add right now is that like respect to Cody for being a brilliant host and listener and letting the conversation unfold cody is this a movie you think you would want to see no <laughs> it sounds like a zach says, zach, no. zach zach lost me a slow bird like 20 you have minutes to watch ago. it man yeah uh, i think you should watch it but there's a chance there's a chance if it, is there a chance this movie gets nominated then maybe i'll watch it i really i didn't make mean, any shortlists i don't know no it's been winning every critic's circle but i really just don't think it's the type of movie that's going to get into uh the oscars but well i'm very i'm very happy that you're very passionate about this act but it's in both of our top fives cody so i I think i think you should respect that that. is true i i hey i respect that i think do you have any other questions for us i there's a lot of questions (laughs) don't say ask a question now cody this is you're the host they're just not movie related questions this is off the air subjects that we should talk about later Ask one right now. I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> My first question: Why the fuck am I still here? This is a long ass podcast. I hope yeah, this, that everyone is still listening. I hope you guys are all just as passionate as Zach is with After Sun, with every movie we've talked about today. And I think, gentlemen, we should just give ourselves a pat on the back really fast. We did it. We made it through our top ten. Good job. Another Pat's- season. Another season. That's another season done. The next Cody, time... are you going to be on the next season? That's what it... that the people are demanding to know. We want to know I... if you're still going to be with us. Because we, Zach and I, really would like you to be. I want you guys to know this is not, this is the last time you'll hear the voice this year. 
But I promise you, ladies and gentlemen, 2023 is a new year, and Cody will still be here for the podcast. Get a fucking better job. (laughs) (laughs) I like my job. It's just long hours. I don't have to tell you. I've seen less movies because I've got more responsibilities at work. That's all it is, man. That's all it is. It's not horseshit. (laughs) It's life. Life is about doing things you love. Well, we we do, I guess we should say, we do hope to be more consistent in the next year. Um, Yeah, I call this the last season. Can I say that? This is the last season. For you, at least. (laughs) But, yes, we are going to, there's three of us now, we are going to try and, week by week, um, be a little more consistent. We might take a week off uh, to start the season, I guess, but we're going to really try. To, make, uh, it, to make it to bring... make it two make it two weeks out. All right, Cody. You know what? <laughs> you ask for whatever you want. <laughs> You've had about a whole year off, buddy. That's right. You, <laughs> you want weeks off? You've had a lot. <laughs> it's um, just... written reviews. Are either of you doing a written review? I sort of have an outline that I made for this episode that I might, might transform into some reviews. I would hope so. Uh, mine should. Uh, I'm by the time this episode's released, I hope to have my top ten released. If I if I was to have a website. top ten, if I was to have a top ten, which I'm not going to do, my top ten would explain why Batman deserves to be in the top ten and why After Yang deserves to be out along with Red. <laughs> but if you want a top ten T-shirts by June Squibb, <laughs> yes, Cody has written that article. Oh God. I have written, but yes, I. I, Why Olaf is a deserving character in Frozen? I've also written about that. Anyway, (laughs) doesn't matter. Um, It does matter. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this. Uh, Cody, where can the people find us? They can find us at our beautiful website, spinningthereal r e e l dot com. Everything is there that you need: Twitter, Letterbox, Instagram. That's been dead for months. (laughs) That whose fault is that? I take blame for the Instagram. Instagram's a <laughs> dying. It's a dying. I mean, the breed. the website I take blame for. I I've only See, posted there's... like six or seven reviews this year. I'm glad we're all taking responsibility. Zach, where's the tweets at, man? You you yeah, done? Know, because dude. Elon Musk took over. Next what? year <laughs> will be better. Yes. All right. We, yes. We've been shadow banned on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Elon has fucking come for us. <laughs> all right, guys. Well. For the few episodes I have been here this season, it still has been a pleasure. I've had my fair share. We hope you'll fun. be more here for more. All right, guys. Until next time, things will not change for this part of the nature of the podcast. Uh, bye.